On today's episode of Three Wide in the Middle, me and Keith dive into an incredible outlaw race at Bridgeport where we saw Sheldon Hodenshield absolutely rip the top and pull away with the win over Kyle Larson. Plus, an awesome race at Kansas where we saw Kyle Larson once again battling with Kurt Busch and Kurt Busch come away with the win. And we also dive into why we actually enjoy seeing Kurt Busch win right now when, I gotta tell you, I used to hate to see that guy in victory lane. Plus, big news in the world of sprint cars as the Kyle Larson Brad Sweet Copeland Promotions has changed things up with my home outlaw event, the Gold Cup Race of Champions. Big news that happened literally right before we went live today. And Tanner Thorson leaving his team to go full-time dedicated wing racing. Plus, me and Keith dive into and talk about the glory days of slot car racing and how much we used to love it. And we have an Ask 3 Wide, which is 180 degrees in the opposite direction of last week's sprint car question, where somebody is concerned about the financial markets after they got crushed yesterday. So I give my two cents on that, which just know I am not a licensed professional. So a lot of fun. Hope you enjoyed the show. So, did you watch the Outlaws at Bridgeport? I watched the highlights. Oh, my God. That was incredible. I got a question for you. And, yeah. and we're just, we're just going to dive right into this right now. Is the balance of power in the Outlaws shifting? Because although my man Brad Sweet is still leading the points... Every single race, it looks like these these three guys, Gravel, Macedo, and Hoddenshield just seem to be getting closer and closer with every race now. And I don't... I want to say yes. See, so do I. Just... Macedo, same thing. Gravel. Same thing. Something something seems off in the 49 camp, and I don't know. I can't pinpoint it. Yeah, I can't either, man. And I was looking at, you know, his stats and stuff. And, I mean, don't get me wrong. He's still – he's leading and he's got the most top tens. He's got the most top fives. He's only got one win, um, which when you compare that to um, Gravel, Macedo, and Hodgeshield, you know, Gravel's got two. Macedo's got four. Hodgeshield's got three. but you know, those guys, although they don't have the number of, of uh, top fives as Sweet does, you know, they're they're almost right there with, in top tens. You know, Macedo and Hodgeshield got 15, yeah. and Gravel also has 17. And it just looks like, you know, I don't I, – they've always been good, right? I mean, all, they've all, obviously, they've always been good. But it seems like they've taken a step 
forward this season, and it looks like the 49 team has taken a step back, and I don't know why. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I'm not sure either. I've not, like I said, I ain't even been able to pinpoint it, but it's noticeable. Yes, it is. It is, absolutely. Like it's, it's it's not getting to the I'm concerned about him point yet. No. But it, uh-uh. it's, it's on my scale. It's kind of starting to lean that way, kind of like, What's going on over there? Are they trying some new stuff? Have they not been able to figure it out yet? Or are those other three teams just hitting on all cylinders right now? Yeah, well, definitely. Those other three teams are definitely hitting on all cylinders, it seems like. I uh, mean, they're, they've been incredible. Macedo's carrying that flag right now, which has blown me away. Yes, absolutely. And they're all, you know, all three of them are within, you know, uh, they're all within less than 100 points. Hell, Shuhart is only 86 points behind, too. I mean, even he had a good run where he was in what he finished fourth at Bridgeport. And I mean, which was just a phenomenal race to watch Kyle Larson and Sheldon Hodenshield battle like that was absolutely incredible, man. I just it was it. It's why I love sprint car racing. It was just so much fun to watch that race. You know what them two kind of reminded me of? They they reminded me of Steve Kinzer and Sammy Swindell going at it back in the day. Yeah, that dude, that good call, man. I mean, obviously, Larson doesn't run full-time, so it's not the consistent battles. But yeah, that did seem like an old-school battle, man. It was, dude. It was really, really good. And Hodenshield, the way he was just ripping the top and Larson kept, you know, sliding up in front of him and they just got closer and closer and closer. And yeah, dude, Hodenshield, that kid, he must have needed a wheelbarrow to carry his balls after that race, dude, because the way that he just ripped around him like that was insane. Like even I flinched when I was watching. I was like, "Ooh, that was close. Like it was it was insane. There, there was a couple moments in that race, just even watching the highlights, where you could like close one eye, like hopefully they don't wreck. Yeah, you're kind just... of out of one eye, like oh, it's getting closed. It yeah. was probably one of the best. I'm gonna say one of the better wing races so far this year. Yeah, for me, I, I would put it in the top three for wing races this year. It was incredible, Absolutely. man. It was incredible because because the only other one that. Was that exciting to me so far? Was uh, Jacob Allen's first one of the year? Yeah, that was a really good one. Yeah, that was that one was awesome. Like it, it it's almost like the World of Outlaws. All the drivers are kind of like, you know what, NASCAR's doing this new thing. Let, let's be the talk of the town, and and I think they've got everybody's attention. And yeah, if not, it, they will. They they sure do now because that that was a barn burner. Yes, it was. It was. It was. Uh, it was. I hate to use this word, but it was epic. It really was, man. It was very epic. <laughs> it like, was. Yeah. So I've, I've not seen I've not seen a race where the leader and the guy is running in second, and it don't matter who it is. They they just trade blow for blow. Mm-hmm. It's haymaker after haymaker, and it makes it exciting as a race car fan. Like, damn, I've. That's freaking awesome. Yeah, it was awesome, man. Yeah, and when that last caution came out, you know, and I, I you know, would have would Larson have won the race if they didn't get that last caution? I, It, it sure looked like he was on his way to it, <laughs> yeah. But when that when they took the restart, 
Larson got a good jump. I thought he was going to I thought he was going to just check out and go. And the gap that Hodgeshield closed up just in a half a lap after that restart was insane. When he came flying out of turn two like that and literally closed in on Larson before they got into three, that's when I was like, oh my God, he's going to win this race. It was, it was, it was just insane. Yeah. I mean, he could not have, he incredible. could not have gone through turns one and two better on that restart than what he did. It was just, yeah. So hats off to Sheldon Hodgenshield. Obviously, like I said, numerous times before, I'm a huge fan and it was, it was really cool to see, um, him battled out with uh with Kyle Larson and come away with the win. Yeah, and and I think if I think that race was, I'm sure I'm going to catch a lot of flack for saying this. That sprint car race was more exciting than the NASCAR race this weekend. Yeah, it was, and the NASCAR race was was good. I enjoyed the NASCAR race, and it was good. Yeah, it was it was really good. It was a really good race. This, and speaking of which, we can actually dive into that. Um, I. I enjoyed the race, and I gotta say, I was actually happy to see Kurt Busch win. And keep in mind, I'm not a I'm not a huge Kurt Busch fan. Like I don't root for him, but I don't root against him, right? Like I I used to hate Kurt Busch. Um, I couldn't stand the guy. I thought he was a punk. You know, one of the best things that I thought ever happened in NASCAR back in the day was when Jimmy Spencer knocked his ass out. Like, I thought that was awesome. <laughs> uh, you know, like, I, I, I thought, I mean, I just thought that was incredible. But I do really enjoy Kurt Busch now just because to see somebody who has gone through all of the ups and downs that he has. And and look, most of the downs are self-inflicted. He did it to himself. It's not like he just got the short end of the stick. Like he screwed himself over being dumb, doing stupid stuff, right? Popping off at the mouth, being a problem. Like he was the cause of his problems. But to see yep. him turn it around and become what he is now, I think is awesome, man. And then to obviously, you know, pull off a win for that team, you know, 2311. I mean, a, a team that Denny Hamlin just, you know, they put together with Michael Jordan where it's just like, Hey, we should go racing. And here they are. I, it was, it was really cool, man. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to agree with you on the Kurt Busch. I, I, what I've always been a fan of Kurt Busch, not a fan of the attitude because I've always thought his attitude's worse than his brother's. Was. And that's saying something. We'll say was worse. What really caught me to bring to be a fan of Kurt Busch was when he went to the 51 and the 78. And I think that really humbled him. Yes, absolutely. And then you could just see a demeanor change in Kurt Busch when he finally got that big ride again with Stuart Haas and he, he lost the attitude. He wasn't that bad boy anymore. Like he could be. I remember him and Harvick getting into it, mm -hmm. but even up till then, that Kurt Busch was flying under the radar. You never really, it helps that his brother was crying a lot too. So, I mean, there's that. But how awesome was it to see Kurt Busch win? Yeah. Not only to win, to win in the 45. Look at the history of the number 45, whether it's Michael Jordan or the Petty family. Mm hmm. That that part was real touching to me. I mean, it, it was special for everybody. Don't get me wrong, but just for the petties, imagine how it felt to see the forty-five not only back on the racetrack but in victory lane. 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's it was really cool, man. There was a a lot of those um you know, underlying undertones whatever you want to call them, subplots uh, you know, in the race and it was it was an awesome race, man. That that Kansas is one of those tracks that I think these cars are really good at you know it, it, yep. those tracks used to i used to hate those tracks in the gen 6 car they sucked man they they weren't fun it oh, was absolutely. boring and now they're it's the best racing right like we've talked before you know they need to kind of get the short track stuff kind of figured out but these mile and a half man have been awesome races and to see those guys running three and four wide in the first three or four laps of of the of the race and to see the battling that happened all day long it was really cool man that was one of the most enjoyable races i've seen this season in nascar and um to see you know kurt bush battling at the end there with with kyle larson and to you know come away with it um was was really really cool and and, and what i liked is is um kurt bush had to fight some adversity yesterday sunday Sunday, he had to fight some adversity, whether it was losing a couple spots on pit road, and he just fought back. That whole team just fought back. And the battle between Kurt Busch and Kyle Larson took me back to Saturday when it was Kyle Larson and Sheldon Hoddenshield. I mean, two two really good races for the weekend to close out the weekend, and Kyle Larson was damn near driving that car sideways on Sunday, which was very impressive. <laughs> Heck, that one time he did put on basically like a slide job, got it sideways, and was able to save it, which was still incredible. Second. I know, which was absolutely <laughs> incredible. The dude's it, the dude's driving is insane. It really is, man. And 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 it's his car control. Yes. I think hands down he has the best car control in all of NASCAR. You could probably date it back 20 years ago. There there wasn't ever really somebody that stuck out with his car control. I mean, you could say Casey Kane when he was first starting, but not to a point. To a point, you can. Yeah. But, I mean, look at everything Kyle Larson's went through, the adversity, and then to battle back. And, and he's got that I don't give a attitude, mm -hmm. and I think everybody – you either love it or you hate it, but man, he can drive. I'm pretty sure he can drive a power wheel. Yeah, I yeah. If it's got if it's got wheels, yeah, he can drive it. He's he's incredible, man. You know, like I said, I might I, have him. I might have him come out and see if he can do that on my lawnmower. Cause <laughs> and I'm almost certain he probably could. He probably could, and not only that, I'm almost certain that he would probably want to. I think if it, I think you could literally have a race in a gravel parking lot, and he would show up for it if he could. Man, he'll race anything, and that's what I love the most about him is that he's just at his core a race car driver. Like that's just yeah. what he does. That's what that's what he is, and, and it's amazing to see. And how can you not like that about a guy? Yeah, exactly. It's not, like he, it's not like he shows up and gives 50%. That man shows up and he's there to win. And yep. he drives 110% every weekend. And it, I don't think we'll ever have a generational talent like that for very, very Yeah, I'm with years. you, man. 
He's uh he's so good and he's just yeah, it's incredible. It's really incredible, man, to see the level that he can run as many different cars at. It's just it's mind boggling. It's mind boggling. But so yeah, good win for Kurt Busch. Fun race, man. It was a it was a fun weekend oh, yeah. of racing, it, man. I enjoyed it thoroughly. It 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 really was because you had USAC in Kansas. Mm-hmm. They put on some good races. Robert Blue got it done. Not surprised there. Yeah, uh, I always I always enjoy seeing Blue win. One one how we were talking about the outlaw stuff with Brad Sweet taking a step back. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to see that in the Cup Series with a certain team. And it, it's kind of mind-boggling on why they're struggling so bad. But, man, Stuart Haas, they've lost a step somewhere. Yeah, they have. You know, I, I am, I'm really intrigued at where, these, where a lot of these teams are at with the car. You know, one thing I noticed on Sunday at Kansas was we had a lot of left rear tires going down. And I'm, you know, with these cars, I'm really wondering how, how aggressive, you know, the, when Suarez lost his tire, um, who was the other one? Byron, there was a few, Chase Elliott, I believe, didn't he lose a tire also? Kevin Harvick. Kevin Harvick. Yeah. You know, I think those, those all seemed like they were, like they melted the bead on them or something, like they were being super aggressive with the cambers or something like that. Yep. They uh, all and, and... seem similar. And that's one thing that they were talking about on the door bumper clear pod. Those teams that had the left rear tire issues, it's not a Goodyear issue. It's a team pushing the limits on Mm -hmm. the camber and the caster. Yep. And then they're finding that point of, okay, we probably shouldn't go back there again. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And those things, you know, those cars, they, they can run... You know, it used to be, I think the most that you could get on the rear with the Ford 9-inch, which was basically what they ran, was the Ford 9-inch rear end and all those cars. Obviously, they were, you know, beefed up for, for NASCAR. but And I think the most that you could get in terms of rear end camber was like, what, a degree and a half, two degrees or something like that? Like, it wasn't much. Dude, they can double that now yeah. with this independent rear suspension. And so and I think crazy. you're seeing them. I think you're seeing these teams just pushing, finding that limit, and then you know going from there because that's what it sure looked like to me. And, oh, and it and the, that's what that was the first thing I thought of was I wonder if they're messing with the the camber on the rears a lot more than what they were before. And the unfortunate part is is yeah they're finding that area that gray area of where you don't want to be in, and it's just. To me, it, it sucks because you have a powerhouse team that's, I'm going to say, struggling. They are struggling yeah. bad. Whether yeah, it's Chase are. Briscoe or or the other three. In my eyes, you don't want to keep trying it because all you're doing is you're digging yourself a deeper hole and you're going to put you in a situation where win a race kevin harvick hasn't won a race in almost two years and two seasons and then that's that's to me that's think i mean let's face it he's also a superstar of our sport 
I mean, he's a past champion, and and to see it, it reminds me a lot of the struggle that Jimmy Johnson faced before Jimmy Johnson retired. Yep. Yep, you're right. And and I want to I want to hit I want to hit on one thing. Kevin Harvick was uh, 20 minutes from my town racing Saturday night. Really? With his son Keelan, they were racing dirt legends at Brush Creek in Ohio. It was Keelan's second time racing on dirt and finished second. Oh, wow. Huh. I did not realize that uh, the team, not the team, track posted an update on their Facebook page, and I was like, what the heck? That says Harvick on the trailer. And I looked and was like, oh, be damn, they were, they were in Brush Creek racing. Huh. 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 Although it was pretty cool. It's cool to see that Keelan is, I'm going to say, following in his dad's footsteps because I think he's going to be the next next big thing. Well, that's definitely possible. I mean, we've seen that before. Uh, you know, you remember, um, remember, uh, and he ended up quitting racing, but if you remember Matt Martin, Mark Martin's son, he was on the fast track. Like, he was dominant now he actually ended up just stopping you know what i mean like he just was like done which was a shock because his he was so good like he was going to be in a cup ride in just a few years but we've seen that with with a lot of these guys where their kids get into it and now you know it's not like it was just i mean 10 15 years ago 20 years ago where you hear stories about you know think about you know we'll use Dale Earnhardt and Earnhardt Jr. because everybody knows who they are, right? I mean, Dale Earnhardt Jr. didn't even get into a street stock until he was in, like, high school. He was, like, 18 years old, you know what I mean? Where now, if you aren't in go-karts or quarter midgets by four or five years old, you are so far behind, it's not even funny. Yeah, and and one cool tidbit that i'll throw out there i actually uh i've raced quarter midgets with matt martin oh really back in back in the day when i was first starting with uh we uh raced in the buckeye nationals it was an indoor race in columbus ohio and we got to race with not only matt martin but tyler labani when when those two were becoming a big a big i'm gonna say a bigger name because they of course they fizzled out yeah and it, they just, they all of a sudden up and quit racing, which was mind blowing to me because Mark Martin, former superstar, Bobby Labonte, a former champ. Yep. Yep. So it was, uh, there, or it, it's, um, definitely a lot of those guys, a lot of those kids, you see them, you know, climbing up through the ranks. And when obviously you've got somebody, you know, you're Keelan, you've got someone like, your dad, Kevin Harvick. I mean, that can that can definitely be a benefit. It can also be a hindrance. It's not always the best thing, right? But if it's done correctly, you can have the results that you're having now. Like you said, you know, be able to do that when you're essentially still a rookie on dirt. And, so, and, and when you mention a hindrance for for the listeners, when when Tommy mentioned a hindrance, and it's it's more of living up to the Harvick name. Exactly. It's it's the pressure that comes with the name. Yeah, you're going to probably get the best equipment because let's face it, if Keelan goes to NASCAR, he's not going to race for Rick Ware. He's not going to race for a, a low-budget team. Yeah. He's, he's, he's going to have the best of the best, which when you, when you have the money that your dad's got, which is fine, 
mm-hmm. not yep. not not saying that money buys buys the better ride in today's racing. Yes, it does. The the good thing is with Keelan, and and Kevin's came out and said it. He's not really pushing the racing on Keelan. Keelan came to him and said, "I want to do this." Yeah. And Kevin and Kevin basically was like, "All right, if you're gonna do it, we're gonna do it right, and that's the way it should be." Yep. It is. That's the way that it should be. So, so yeah, that's that's awesome to hear, man. I always love hearing stuff like that. It's me funny, too. dude. My son was just asking me a couple days ago. He's like, "So, am I gonna get to race this year?" And I'm like, "Yeah, no, probably not. Uh, not with not with baseball. He's got baseball going on, and he just made the All Star team." I'm like, "You've got baseball until July now, dude. So, you're not gonna be able to race this year." And 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 even when I was me and my dad sat down and was talking about racing and we got into the go-karts and then we figured out well we could probably go further so we went a step further and then i got into high school middle school sports high school sports my dad was like all right you're good at football basketball and baseball you're also racing we we need to pick one yeah well it's really hard to to balance all that stuff you know oh well when you're going to school and then you got school work and then you throw in the sport sporting events and then working on the race car it's just there's no time in a day to get all that stuff done and he was like unfortunately we've came to a point to where it's either you race or play baseball and i picked let's go racing it's funner yeah i would i would have done the same thing so in fact i i did do the same thing i had picked racing over over baseball when i was when i was younger um, just because I just, I loved it. I loved racing and I had done baseball my whole life and I was just like, you know, I think I'm ready to do something else. So yeah, so, and yeah. I was getting to that point to where it was, it was getting harder and harder to focus on schooling, homework, uh, whether it was conditioning for a different sport and then, oh damn, now I got to go work on the race car and I'm tired. And so, I mean, it worked out to, to a point, I guess. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, so yeah, but on the other news fronts today, some big news came out and, uh, it's, this is, it's big for like me, us out here in, in California. So we talked about it and I can't remember if you were on the pod yet, Keith, but we talked about, um, Kyle Larson and Brad Sweet, basically they, got into the track promoting business, um, Sweet Larson Copeland Promotions. And they are, you know, they took over uh, Silver Dollar Speedway, which is out here in California. It's about 35, 40 minutes from where I'm at. It's the track that I basically, you know, cut my teeth on as a, you know, mechanic coming up with the sprint cars and the midgets and stuff like that. I mean, we've got a bunch of tracks out here, but Silver Dollar Speedway was always kind of the, in Northern California was the crown jewel, right? That's the home of the gold cup race of champions, which is part of the summer of money. It's a really, really big deal. And years ago, when I was going to it as a kid, it was one of my favorite races of the year, right? And I don't just mean like, because I got to go to it. It was one of my favorite racing events of the year. It had this really unique format. It was three days long. The first two nights were prelim nights. They had to, you know, they earned, they raced, they earned points. And then everything got, you know, lined up and sorted out on Saturday night. And it was just like this full night of awesome racing. And it was an incredible event, right? And I've talked about before, you know, how 
one of my best memories of racing in general was watching Jack Hoddenshield, right? Just rip the top of that track because there's no wall, man. And it was incredible. Well, a few years back, they, they changed the format up and they, and they went to like this two night format and it was still the gold cup and it was still cool, but it wasn't the same. Well, thank God for Brad Sweet, Kyle Larson and Copeland, because they are now bringing it back to a three night event and it's going to be 25k to win and i can't wait i am so freaking happy about this um this literally came out i mean like 10 minutes before we went live and um i was so happy to see this and this is one of those things we talked about where you see a lot of these guys who are in racing right you see it with tony sewer or kenny schrader right these guys who are not just drivers, but they own the tracks and they get into the promotions and they do these huge events. And to see Sweet and Larson, right, two two guys who are obviously the top of their craft when it comes to racing, and they they also grew up at this track and you know grew up just an hour hour and a half away from it. To be able to come back and make this event what it once was is really incredible and i'm so happy that they're doing this and i cannot i just i can't wait to go to this race now like i was looking forward to it anyways but i really can't wait to go to it now i kind of i kind of wished i lived in california now it's dude it's uh, i love that track man it's i absolutely love high bank fast quarter miles and silver dollar speedway is such a cool track because it's so fast and for a bull ring, there's actually a lot of room. Like you can have, you know, two groove racing there, which you don't always see at some of those little bull rings, you know. And it's just to see it be a three-day event again this year. And we talked last week um, about, you know, the California drivers, the level of drivers that we have out here, especially when it comes to wing racing. And to see the outlaws show up and we get all the California guys who show up and, and try to run with them. It's just, you know, it's obviously everywhere else does the same thing. But we talked about the list of guys who have come through California. And right now we've got a bunch of them right now who are really, really good. And to see it happen over three days is going to be really cool. So I'm really looking forward to this, man. I, I was super happy to see this. The short track didn't race like a short track. No, uh-uh, it didn't. It, it, it... It races a lot like a, a big three eight mile high banked racetrack. I mean, you can run the top, you can run the bottom. There's times where I've seen in highlight videos where you could really run the middle. Yep, absolutely. Man. Track, tracks like that to me are what builds. If you can have a race like that every weekend, I think it'd be awesome. Because who who wants to watch a a single line train around the top? I don't. Yeah. I'm, I'm, and yeah, that's just it gets boring. And and I don't want to. And even as a racer, I wouldn't want to show up and race on something like that where you, oh, I started tenth and I picked up one spot. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, that's yeah. So yeah, it's it's definitely a fun track. And um, yeah, I the West Coast swing cannot start fast enough. I'm 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 hoping to catch more than Gold Cup this year. My my plan is to actually hit Gold Cup. I would like to try to hit um, either Placerville or I think they're going to be at Tulare. 
And then I actually want to make the trip up to Washington when they go to Skagit because I got a bunch of family up there. So I could kind of kill two birds with one stone. Um, like so, yeah, racing exactly, man. man. Exactly. So I'm hoping <laughs> I'm hoping I could catch a, a, a few of the events, man, um, because, yeah, they're, you know, Skagit literally is just the week before uh, Gold Cup. And then after Gold Cup, you've got. You know, Hanford is also really cool. Placerville, Placerville is a bull ring. I mean, it's it's a it's a tight, tight track. But, but either way, yeah, either way, it's still you can watch. Uh, you know, the outlaws. I guess that's always a good thing. So, so yeah, hats off to Brad Sweet and Kyle Larson for that, man. That that was that literally just made made my day, made my week. I did, that made my summer, which is already off to a crappy start because I'm already sick of this ridiculous freaking heat. So that put a smile on my face. I, it kind of put a smile on my face too, and I live all the way in Indiana. There you go. <laughs> yep. Now speaking speaking of promoters and money we had some interesting news that came out a couple days ago and you actually told me about this during the live stream and we've talked about this throughout the year so far with the number of these USAC guys who were going wing racing but big big news with Tanner Thorson yeah leaving the team looking for a dedicated wing ride absolutely nuts man I could not believe that when you told me that I was I was blown away when I seen it because the relationship that Tanner and Reinbold had it looked to be really good. Yeah, but people that that's the thing about social media we don't get to see the behind the scenes what's going on back on the back end. Mm-hmm. And and I understand it from Tanner's standpoint if you're wanting to focus on strictly wing racing because it's a big adjustment going from either a wing car a non wing car or a midget. And once when you get a little bit of momentum built up and, oh, well, we're going to go USAC racing, it, it kind of kills it. Yes. So I'm surprised. I'm not surprised. I hope Tanner lands on his feet and finds a good wing ride because, I mean, that's where he came from. His roots are in wing racing. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know that. That's what he started in Yep. when he was living in Las Vegas or Nevada. So, I mean, I think you'll find a good ride. Hopefully, it's just as good, if not a little bit better, than the Reinbold car. But silly season. Gotta love it. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. And Reinbold did announce that they, they've hired um, Mitchell Moles to run the car this weekend at Terre Haute. Oh, really? Yep, Mitchell Moles, huh? Out. Yep, they announced that yesterday. Oh, nice. Now, I got to be honest. I don't think I know too much about Mitchell Moles. I don't anything. Yeah, I, mean, I don't. I don't know him. So um, I was disappointed when my phone didn't ring. Though there you go. Say. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, me. Me too, man. That's a. That's a bummer. It's too bad. Too bad you didn't get the call. Yeah, because Terra Hope would be is definitely a good one to go knock the dust off. Uh, <laughs> Well, you either knock the dust off, it'll knock the dust off of you. Exactly, yeah, big flat half mile. And what's awesome about it, being at Terre Haute, they've done a bunch of renovations at Terre Haute. I mean, the place looks amazing now, thanks to Bernie that owns Indy Race Parts, Robert Blue, and all them guys. They put all new fencing in, They've, they've reworked the dirt. I mean, the Silver Crown race there was probably one of the better ones I've seen there in a long time. 
yeah, Terre Haute's always been a really interesting track. I, I mean, I've always liked Terre Haute, um, but f- for whatever reason, I don't know why, it seems like there's people who either like love it or hate it. And I've always, I've always liked it. Um, I've always, I've always liked it. It puts on good races. I mean, the, the downfall with Terre Haute is it's a, it's, it's a nut up or shut up racetrack. That's the only downfall. So yeah, if you've never raced there before, I probably wouldn't go there just, just yet. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a big flat. I mean, it looks like a, it looks like a horse track, right? Like it's, it's a big flat half mile. There's very yes. little to no banking on it. If, if there is any banking, it's like a degree, two degrees, right? And, it's and, nothing. And, and they haul ass there. Yes, they do. Yeah, it's very fast there. So interesting, interesting way to, to hop into USAC. So good luck to him, man. That'll be, uh, that should be fun. It's crazy that, you know, they got Terre Haute. And then after Terre Haute, they're after the big, fast flat half mile they're gonna go to freaking circle city which is the exact 180 degree opposite, opposite. yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i mean it so far circle city hasn't disappointed no nah, circle or, city's yeah. been circle city's been good man i've been watching clips of circle city because our our boy rylan gray's running there every week and uh yeah man it's been it's been some good racing i'm gonna i'm gonna attempt to try to go Wednesday, depending on the weather. The weather's not been race car friendly this this start of the season so far, which is expected. Springtime sucks for racers anyway. Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna try to try to go there and meet up with Mason Hannigan. That'll be that'll be fun. Yeah. Anytime you can get to the racetrack, it's fun. Oh, oh. I don't care if it's an RC track. There you go. <laughs> Racetracks are racetrack. <laughs> That's right. I used to, God, I used to love racing my RC car. Oh man, I miss those days. You know what I got into a lot when I was racing during the off season, slot car racing. Dude, on the, oh on my God. Slot car tracks. I used to love slot car racing. And I, I had every slot car track that you could imagine, right? The littler ones. I used yeah. to have every year for christmas from like age five to 12 like every year that was what i got for christmas was i wanted a new a new racetrack i wanted a new racetrack and every year i would get one and one year i got which was the greatest slot car track ever created and they only made them for like a couple of years and i actually ended up buying my son um this very track uh, like two years ago for his birthday because I had talked about it one time and he saw a video of it and he was like, that looks so cool. And so I ended up buying him one and we still have it and we play with it to this day. But it was a TCR racetrack, which was TCR was total control. So it was the yep. slot cars that you could actually have the dial on your steering on the controller and you could change the lanes. And That's dude, awesome. I freaking loved those things, man. Uh, they were so much fun. Now, the slot cars that you're talking about, I those were the best because oh, those man, were the hu- those huge tracks with the bigger cars, and you could get the all the trick tires and all that. You know what I mean? Like, it, dude, they were so much fun, man, to go to the the local you know the hobby shop where they had those. And dude, you just can't find that stuff around anymore, man. No, there there's a slot car place in Indy. And that's about the closest one around me. And there, there used to be one local, a guy that 
the team that I raced go karts for, there's the owner's son bought a slot car track and it was shaped like Daytona. It was like a mini replica of Daytona. And we'd get them slot cars going 100 and 125 miles an hour. And it was crazy. Yeah. Those things will fly, man. They're so yeah. fast, dude. They're so fast. And some, some use that guys might like it. Cause you can actually tire dope the tires and it'd be legal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but no, That's they're, awesome. They're fun. They're, they're fun break away. And, what what brought it up was I was cleaning out my closet the other day and found them in my toolbox and was like, wow. And I bet they're 10 years old. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's hard to find those things, man. It's just, they're just not around like they used to be, you know, like it's I a, said, I bought that one for my son and it, I had to buy it on eBay used and it still cost a hundred and something dollars. You know what I mean? Oh, I believe it. And it was Man. just, yeah. You get the cheap ones off Amazon and they last like a week. Yeah, they just don't make them like they used to, man. No, you know, the ones no, that I used to get when I was a kid. Well, yeah, I mean, they don't make anything like they used to. But, dude, the ones that I used to get when I was a kid were so much fun, man. And they were so fast. And those cars just stuck to the track, dude. And, I mean, dude, we would build we would build these tracks. You know, I would build these ones where... And dude, back then, like you, you know, you couldn't get the, you know, it wasn't like a simple thing to just go out and buy ones that were like four lanes. Like you had to like come up with your own way to make it like that, you know? So I would yeah. like combine all these different ones and we'd have all these different cars, dude. We'd sit there, me and my buddies, dude, we'd just sit there and race them things all day long, man. It was so much I fun. Would, I remember playing with them when I was little. I would take my mom's couch pillows off her couch, her favorite couch pillows. And I'll never live it down. She still gives me hell about it. But I'd take the couch <laughs> pillows and I'd, I'd put some banking in them. Yep. Yeah. Only that one call is I'd get them going so fast when it came to the banking, they'd just fly off and they'd they'd hit the walls in our house. And it yep. wasn't fun. It was fun for me, but it wasn't fun on the back end. Getting yeah. That. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We used to, we didn't use couch pillow we would use library books so we would stack yeah. them up with library because you could stack you know you would put like four books underneath like the apex of the turn and then you would put like three and then two then one so it'd be like progressive it would go up and come down yeah dude I, those, I never, those were so much fun library books but then again yeah. i really wasn't big into reading when i was a kid yeah me neither that's why i used them <laughs> for my slot car track <laughs> oh even even better even better that way when grandma comes over tommy did you read that book i got you exactly no, exactly sure but it pulled my racetrack up <laughs> exactly so she would appreciate that she was always the one buying me the slot car tracks every year so she would appreciate oh, that even better exactly even better. <laughs> so <laughs> all right well before we wrap up today's show we do have an ask three wide question today uh this week is a little bit different than last week i actually thought i was we were going to get more more grief last week um i know my buddy jeremy kept telling me <laughs> How PA drivers were the best, so I'm sure he enjoyed the segment. But if you guys want to ask us a question, you can email us at ask3wide at gmail.com. Uh a little bit different this week. So uh, a couple, what was it, three weeks ago? We had the guy who messaged us about who uh was it he was it? I think it was three weeks ago, asking about Bitcoin. Well, yep. It's a different guy this week. So Marcus is asking, hey, Tommy and Keith, do you think that we are going to see 
a recession. Tommy, I know that you have talked before about being a trader and being in the markets and how you still are. And I wanted to know after the pounding that we took yesterday in the markets, the markets got crushed yesterday. Um, do you see a recession coming? And if so, do you know how long it might last and what I should do? Okay, so here's the deal, Marcus. Let let me preface this because I don't know if oh, you boy. heard if you heard the Bitcoin conversation, but um, first of all, I yes, I am a trader. I still trade. Um, I have been successful at it for many years, but we're talking about a small account. I am a retail trader, so it's not like I'm like some kind of fund manager or something like that, right? Like I'm not like uh, I mean, obviously I'm not a you know a Warren Buffett or anything like that, but you know uh, my returns we're looking at like two to three percent a month, which is still good, right? If you average that out over the course of a year, that's really really good, right? If you told someone, hey, you can get a thirty percent return for your retirement year over year, everyone's going to sign up for that. But like I said, it's a much smaller account. We're talking about retail trading. Okay. So that's, that's the first thing you need to know. Second, I am not a licensed financial advisor. I have zero when it comes to, um, licensing or accreditation or whatever you even get with that. I don't even, I don't even know what, what it is, right? Like I, I have no idea. The closest thing I ever had was a license to sell, um, uh, life insurance. Okay. Like that's about it for my financial licensing. Okay. So I have zero authority or anything like that. Um, in terms of being able to give you financial advice. All right. Disclaimer, if you do this, you will probably lose all your money. All right. More than likely. Okay. It's high risk. You can just blow up accounts. All right. Now that being said, I don't think you're asking me this question based on that. I don't think you're asking for like trading tips. I think you're asking because there's a lot of fear out there. I've actually had a number of people who are in like my sim racing community who have heard me talk about trading and stuff like that, who have actually hit me up saying, Hey man, what do you think is going to happen? And I think it has more to do with, with fear of everything that's going on, everything that's going on in the markets. Um, the first thing that you need to understand is, is that no matter who you hear or see on TV um, talking, understand that there is a high probability that they are either A, full of shit, or B, don't know what they're talking about. All right. And this includes a lot of those clowns you see on CNBC or Fox Business or stuff like that. Okay. Most of them are going to come out and they're just going to say fluff. All right. Now I could spend hours diving in depth on markets and how they really work and what to pay attention to and stuff like that. And at the end of the day, you don't need to know all that. All right. This, we don't need to do that here. What you do need to understand is this. Nobody knows, not me, not Warren Buffett, damn sure not the government, nor the Federal Reserve. Nobody knows when a recession is going to come. We, we cannot predict it. If anybody could predict it, they would. This is why every time something happens, like you look at the financial crisis in 2008 with the housing market, right? Or you look at the pandemic with coronavirus and what happened to the markets then. If people could actually predict it, even those guys out there who claim they can, they can't. If people could, they would do it. They don't. What happens is, is you have a bunch of people in these, these funds, right? Retirement funds, they lose a ton of money. They get cut in half. It's like, oh, we lost 50% this last quarter. And then they'll say, but hey, 
those people over there lost 60%. So technically we're doing good, right? Like that's the way they do it. So nobody can predict when it's coming. Economics is horrible at timing. It's absolutely horrible, man. I can tell you right now with absolute certainty that, hey, when you look at our economy here in the U.S. and you look at the amount of debt that the government has and what is going on with interest rates and inflation and gas prices and all of these different things, I can tell you, dude, there is a correction coming. There is a recession coming it, because it's inevitable. They always happen. That's just the type of market that we have now. We've been in this boom-bust cycle for decades since before I was born. But Nobody knows when it's happening. So yes, the markets got crushed yesterday. They did. But today, they're holding, right? They're not rallying, but they're not dropping anymore. They're holding, right? They're, it's at a major level in terms of like, you know, a technical level, whatever you want to call it. Um, and could we see more downside? Yeah, we could. We could see another, you know, 5,000 point drop in the Dow Jones over the next, you know, few weeks, couple of months. Who knows? We could also see it rally and take off. All right. So at the end of the day, don't don't freak yourself out. All right. If you have money in the markets, go ask a professional, really talk to somebody and, you know, figure out what you want to do. There's nothing wrong with taking money out of the markets and sitting on it. Right. Because most people have they most people have FOMO when it comes to the markets. They have a fear of missing out. Right. They'll sit there and take losses for weeks in the hopes that they don't miss the big move to the upside. And this is why most people get crushed in the markets. You want to be successful, if anything, just do the Buffett model. Follow what Warren Buffett does, right? The guy's, he's been insane forever, right? Every few years it happens. He starts selling stuff and you start hearing these clowns on CNBC going, oh, has, has Midas lost his touch? Is Buffett losing his edge? And then what happens? The market tanks. He comes in, buys things up for pennies on the dollar. And next thing you know, it's like, oh, no, actually he's a genius. He knows what's going on, right? Like, so don't worry about it, man. It's it, There's nothing you can do to stop. You're not going to stop it, right? Um, you know what I mean? So just... Take care of yourself, prepare as best you can, find somebody who can actually give you sound advice on this. Like I said, I, I'm a trader. I'm not an investor like that. I don't, I don't do that. Um, I do follow the economy and stuff like that for my trading, and I, I have a good idea of what's going on, but I can't give you advice, okay? And, and I wouldn't want to give you advice. I would rather you figure it out for yourself just because no one's going to care about your money more than you. So, so yeah, man, that's that's about where it's at right now. Keith, thoughts? <laughs> I don't get into that stuff. There you go. There you go. Put your money get... in a 401k and cross yep. your fingers. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm greedy when it comes to my money. You know, and it, it's it's so it's so sad because I learned all this stuff on my own, and it's it's really sad when I when I see how many people don't know it because this is not something taught in school, right? I mean, you got to go yeah. to college. This is like high finance stuff. And at the end of the day, it should be taught to, to everybody. You should be learning about this in high school, right? Because most people don't realize that, look, dude, if you took your money and you put it into a low cost index fund every month, you just put a little bit in every month from the time that you're, you know, you start working by the time you're, you know, 50 years old, 
you would the amount of money that you would have in in terms of a retirement fund would far outweigh what most of the stuff you get through these other you know your other jobs and stuff like that because most of them are just they're just crap they're fee factories and most people don't realize that so it's it's really sad that we don't do a better job of educating um our society when it comes comes to money so so yeah, man, that's that's where it's at. You're gonna hear panic in the streets, and everyone's gonna think the world is ending. And at the end of the day, they'll they'll figure something out because they always yep. do. So yeah, but yeah. Anyways, you guys. So if you want to email the show, like I said, ask three wide at gmail dot com, and you can ask us heck any type of question you want. As you saw, I mean, last week we were discussing who's better the the PA posse or the California outlaws. And this week we're talking about the markets after they got crushed yesterday. So whatever you want to ask, we're, we're game, but, uh, yeah. but yeah, that's going to do it all for this week. You guys, as always, thank you guys very much for joining us. Please make sure to download, subscribe, share the show, get it out there, spread the word. Um, you know, me and Keith love doing this. And, uh, if you guys do all that, we'll be we'll back here to do it all over again. That's right. So, Keep. I just want to thank everybody for their support. Exactly, man. It's and been awesome. Support. It's, it's been, been fun. Awesome. Let's yeah. continue it. Yep. Yeah, definitely, man. Even Garrett, even though we've everyone. only yeah, even though we've only got like a hundred, two hundred people, pff, we're there. It's awesome. So the it's fact that fun. people yeah, exactly. The fact that people anytime show up to do this. Talk, anytime I can sit down and talk racing, it's fun. Exactly. You know. So. It gives me a chance to sit down and talk racing, and uh, and then I get to tell my wife I got work, so yeah. <laughs> I got to do my job. So <laughs> I get out of the honeydew list for a little bit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that's gonna do it. Everybody out there, have yourselves an awesome weekend, Keith. Have a good weekend, my man, and I will talk to you next week. Thanks. Sounds good. Have a good weekend. Have a good weekend, everybody. That's right. Have a good one, everybody. Take care. <laughs>